0: I'm Charlie Osborne, Editor-at-Large at Cybercrime Magazine. I'm here today with Carlo Laurenti, the owner of Derbyshire Wedding and Events. We also have members of the Derbyshire Police Department joining us, who work in the Cybercrime and Digital Investigations Unit. Stephen Judge, Samantha Hancock and Colin Smith helped Carlo after he became the victim of a particularly distressing cybercrime. So Carlo, today I would like to talk about your case and how you ended up working with the police. To begin, can you please explain to our listeners what happened to you this year and how it all began with Facebook?
1: Many years ago, I had somebody impersonating Derbyshire wedding events, going all over Facebook, creating a fake account, even fake website, claiming he bought Derbyshire wedding events and was spamming many, many people behind my back. I had only got to know because somebody called me to complain because this woman was receiving message after message and phone call after phone call in very anti-sociable hours, like very early hours in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, and obviously that came as a shock to me. When this person had sent me on my request an example of a text message, that I allegedly sent her, I realised that the website and the Facebook page had the word wedding spelt with a triple D. That is the only way that this person got away with it, on Facebook and on Google back at the time. Now this was years ago, pre-Covid to be honest with you, quite some time ago. Cut a long story short, I had a very good mate of mine who was very IT savvy, realised and we got this all put to bed. Uh, Google banned this guy, Facebook banned this guy and all that. A couple of years, what was it, a year ago now or so? Literally, I uh, was in between weddings. We were like doing five, six weddings a week. And I got this text message advising me that my account was going to be disabled because I was impersonating somebody else. Naively, stupidly, my mind went back to this original case years back and I thought like you know I I can't do I can't be dealing with all this again I mean I I was too busy and there was a link and I stupidly clicked on this link and I started to panic because it was immediately clear that I was very seriously hacked. The nature of the hack was very worrying some very very graphic images were coming up even child porn and that obviously did make me panic. Hence why I myself reported my case to Derbyshire Police. And Carlo, why did you choose to contact the police so quickly? Because, one, I was aware on the nature of the images coming up. Like I said, there was even child porn just literally flashing in front of me, literally. I was going crazy. I was trying to push buttons, unplug things. I realised that damage was done. And obviously... In my business, in the wedding industry especially, and corporate event industry, reputation is very, very important, of course. So obviously, I wanted to collaborate with the police as much as I can, gave them access to my Mac, my computers, everything, because I wanted to get to the bottom of this, obviously. I did not want to be associated with such content, if you know what I mean. That was my primary worry. Absolutely makes sense. And pivoting to Colin...
0: What's the process when you receive reports like this?
2: So when we receive reports like this, we enter them on our crime recording system and that enables us to start to see patterns. And over time, we we saw a pattern of multiple people reporting these sorts of instances to us.
0: And Samantha, when you receive a call like this, what's important in regards to working with these victims?
3: From a protect point of view, we want to look at any protection methods we can put into place to protect further accounts. So it's important to understand how many different accounts may be impacted. Is it just the social media or is it something more serious like their email account having been compromised, in which case all of their accounts are at risk?
0: Could then, for example, a malicious link then move on to
3: something like financial fraud? It potentially can. It depends on the aims of the offender. It depends how much access they have to different accounts. Unfortunately, in particular, somebody gaining access to an email account can effectively take over everything else.
0: And Stephen, in your line of work, have you found that the concept of hackers using indecent images, is it becoming a commonplace occurrence?
4: Yes, sadly, it's um, either indecent images of children or other types of images are being used almost to force social media companies into taking action to block them.
0: And it brings to mind the idea of criminals using indecent and certainly illegal images to move the focus and blame onto the victims and perhaps stop them from contacting the police in the first place with the fear that they may themselves be prosecuted. Carlo, this was something that you thought about before you contacted the police. Were you worried that you in turn would be prosecuted?
1: Absolutely. That was one of my big worries. Like I said, I have been in my business, running my business for 16 years, starting from absolutely nothing. So I was worried from a criminologic point of view, if you want. Of course I was. I mean, I'm a father of three myself. I did not want to compromise my own reputation, my own name, if you want. But also, I was also worried about the fact that all the years I put into my business and into my own social media, you know, I just going down the drain, basically. Like I said, it was a if uh, I had a swimming pool and somebody pulled out the tub for me. you know, just seeing it drain away in front of my eyes. That was what was most worrying. And perhaps Colin or
0: Samantha could comment on this. When a victim who has unfortunately been forced to view these sort of images because they popped up, for example... What is it that's actually important for victims to remember when they contact you if they are worried about potential prosecution, even though they are a victim of being hacked? Perhaps we start with Colin?
2: Yeah, so we would advise victims to come forward regardless of the circumstances. We don't just arrest people just because they've got this sort of content. You know, in this instance, there was a reasonable explanation as to why it was there, and our aim is to to safeguard the victim. It's, it's very traumatic seeing those sorts of images. So we want to work with them, help them get rid of them and stop them seeing them and investigate it. You know, We're not looking to blame people straight away. We're open to things and we do want to investigate and find out how it's got there and who's put it
3: there.
0: And Samantha, anything to add?
3: Not too much, other than it's perhaps just worth a reminder to be very careful not to screenshot, save or forward on those images because there are potential offences there, so that would not be advisable.
0: And Stephen, considering how close you were when it came to working with this case, I'd like to know whether or not it was possible to track down the perpetrator.
4: Sadly not. Um, the only thing we could definitely identify that was from a foreign country, so outside of the UK jurisdiction. But it was important, nevertheless, to still investigate, to understand why these people commit these offences and what the ultimate aim is.
0: And as a follow-up with that, when it comes to cross-border and cross-country prosecutions, is this a challenge that the police force in the UK is now currently trying to deal with? It is, but we are
4: getting better at sharing information. So if we were to identify, say, IP addresses in foreign countries, that they're outside of our jurisdiction, and we can demonstrate a pattern, where this IP address is being used, you can force or ask for assistance by that country that's effective.
0: And Carlo, I've seen that your Facebook page is now back in your hands. How did Facebook respond in the aftermath to you becoming a victim of this
1: cybercrime? Sadly, as far as Facebook and Instagram are concerned, I can't say I had much support at all. In fact, as far as they were concerned, I was the culprit. I got banned immediately within moments of all this coming up. So my Facebook page was taken down, my Instagram was taken down, literally everything, everything. I had lost all my contacts, all my history, everything and again as Garbage police will tell you getting in touch with Facebook is close to impossible to be honest with you I do however having said that I do have a really really good supportive team in India who manage my website and they immediately advised me relax keep calm don't do anything about it Don't give any information to anyone. We will get this sorted for you, but it will take a couple of weeks. Now, one may wonder whether this was done deliberately or not. I have been using the same company to manage my website and change my websites and add things and change things for a few years. These people never, never charged me a penny to do it. So, I have no reason to suspect that they were behind it at all, to be honest with you. It was only thanks to the support I had from Derbyshire police that everything came back to normality after, what, probably about a month or so, I'd say. I was kicking myself. I was only blaming myself because usually when it comes to links and things and friend requests and this sort of matter, I'm a lot more savvy. Having said that, since this incident happened, I have been getting a number of similar messages on my Facebook inbox. Same thing, saying, oh, your account is going to be deactivated. So they haven't stopped. The only thing is I've just thoroughly ignored them and just deleted them, obviously.
0: And to wrap up this episode, I would like to ask the members of the police department for some advice they would like to give to social media users. What I think is quite
4: important, the first bit of advice, is not to click on links. Um, and to do the research before clicking on a link. Otherwise, it could put me in a similar position as to Carlo.
2: So, my advice was if you do get into trouble on, uh, on the internet and, and face the same problems that Carlo did, don't be afraid to come to law enforcement and report it
3: and get some help
2: early doors.
0: And last but not least, Samantha.
3: And um, my advice would always be to ensure that you have strong and separate passwords for all online accounts that you should always set up two-factor authentication, which is also known as two-step verification. I think it's quite important, particularly for businesses that have business pages to make sure that anybody who has admin access to a page also has two-factor authentication set up on their personal profile and always to make sure there is an additional admin. So in the event of yourself not being able to access the page, you have got potentially a trusted friend that might be able to help you resolve issues.
0: I'm Charlie Osborne, editor-at-large at Cybercrime Magazine. Joining me today was Carlo Laurenti and members of the Derbyshire Police Department. To follow all of our media, go to cybercrimemagazine.com.